Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Am I loud enough? Can y'all hear me? No? Okay, there we go. Well, we're going to start things off right by saying happy belated birthday to Pastor Jared. Do not call him an old man. He will get very upset with you. I then proceeded to tell him that he looks good, his physique and his shirt, and he told me bull crap. He wasn't just listening at, after that. So, 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 <laughs> so do not call him old man. Your haircut looks great, by the way. Um, if you don't know, I am one half of the youth leader, uh, Chris McCormick, Rockstar Jesus. He's the other half. Um, and I have all of my 180 up front with me. Make some noise. Yes. They, they said, I told them Wednesday that I was preaching Sunday. They said, we're sitting up front row. I was like, perfect. Just don't be distracting. Um, and last thing is, before we get into it, I feel like I'm a cheerleader up here. And then you got the crowds, and you guys are like, just staring. So we're not going to do that today. I'm going to teach you all a couple of phrases. I want you all to talk to me. Everybody say, preach. preach. If I'm saying something good, preach is the same thing as Amen. I need y'all to say preach, okay? <laughs> Ambrose, I don't got to preach to Ambrose because he, he going he to make, make it known that he understands and he loves what's going on. The next phrase, I want y'all to say, come on now. That means I'm going somewhere. I may not be there yet, but y'all see where I'm going, and you better ride with me. And then the last one would be, mm. everybody say, mm. That's my favorite one. That's when it's good. And I may be preaching to your husband, your wife, the person sitting beside you. Um, basically, when I'm stepping on some toes, you know, even if it's your toes, that's when, you, mm, you know, talk to me. Okay. Now, before we get into this word, let's pray. Because I always forget to pray us in, but I always pray us out. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for, for everything. We may not be in the Woodbridge Church, but we are the Woodbridge Church. Um, thank you for Ranger letting us use this facility, and I just pray that you help me get this word out to them because it was so good how you gave it to me, but I don't know if I can relate it to them as good as you gave it to me. So I just pray that you lead me, and may the pressure be on you, not me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. We finna talk about something super controversial. Can everybody see this? Yeah. Three answers, all of them right. Half full, half empty, and both. It is both. Those are the weirdos, though. Nobody ever says both. Only the weirdo says both. Show of hands, who all sees this as half empty? Just a show of hands, just a show of hands. Okay, okay, okay. I like it, I like it, I like it. Today... I'm here to teach you about some attributes of God and how he thinks. The goal in life is to be like God, so we have to walk like God, talk like God, and even think like God. And although we may never get there, but the goal is to strive to be there. Amen. I like it. Everybody that focuses on and says that this is half empty, the reason why you shouldn't think that way 
is because you're focused on what is not there. You're focused on what you don't have, which creates jealousy and envy. Everybody that focuses on that is half full, you see what you still have left, and I can do something with that. But today, Pastor Jared has been teaching about ships. We're going to be talking about living water. What's a ship without water? This empty part of this bottle, and the bottle obviously represents your body, the empty part of the bottle is hate, insecurities, your shortcomings, and your failures. That's what the empty part of this bottle represents. And anytime I reference the word empty in my message today, just think about that. Your failures, your insecurities, and all your shortcomings. Now, this living water, this holy water that we have up here, this is the fruit in your life. This is the light of the world. This is the part of you that is like Jesus. The loving part of you. The serving part of you. The part of you that loves serving. The part of you that is like God. So in other words, we can say flesh and spirit. My first scripture today will be John 10.10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't be in the Bible. There is certain things in this world that the devil can steal, kill, and destroy. But what he can't, guess what he does? He distracts. If he can't destroy it, he will distract it. Cute guy at church, hot girl at the bar, cell phone. It doesn't matter. I can keep going down the list and I'll hit yours. But what he can't destroy, he will distract Pastor Jared preached on this thing called pirates when we were talking about ships. He said that the enemy can't steal our treasure, our salvation, which is our treasure. If the enemy can't steal it from us, what will he do? He'll distract us. He gets us to dwell in empty places. I'm going. He gets us to dwell in empty places. Do you know how he keeps us in empty places? With empty thoughts. And it's tricky because the devil don't don't always lie to you. He just tells you half the truth. You, You know what I mean? He tells you half the truth. And then subconsciously, you've been there with yourself since you was young. And you've seen your flaws and insecurities. And then the inside voice starts matching the outside voice. And then y'all come in cahoots with each other. And now it's like, well... I guess I'm not worthy. If he can get you to dwell in empty places, you'll become an empty person. This, I can record it all the way back. Man, God, he was just flooding me with Bible stories. Bam, 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 of how this whole concept was going on. Three people sat down in my chair this week. They gave me confirmation. The Holy Spirit has been heavy on my heart, and it just feels so weird. It does. This was like a different message. I didn't know if it was like that, that powerful or what God was doing. But let me tell you, one of the stories that he gave to me was Adam and Eve. This has been going on ever since the beginning, the very first fall of man. God gave them everything 
what did the devil do? He made them focus on what they couldn't have. He said, did God really say you can't eat from that tree? And then he was like, ah, he said we can eat the fruit from the tree, just not the one in the middle. And then he goes on to tell you half the truth because he says you surely won't die, which they did. They didn't croak over right then and there. But what happened is they welcomed sin into their life. And what's the wages of sin? Amen. Somebody better, somebody better preach it. So, I'm not saying don't be aware of your shortcomings and your failures and your insecurities. It would be ignorant of you not to know what's your strong suits and your weaknesses. What I'm saying is don't dwell in this insecure and empty spot to the point to where it becomes a crutch and you can't even do what God has called you to do. Some of these empty people that the devil sends into our life, they're cool. Well, you like sneakers too? Me too. Me too, bro. Mm. That's who you're talking to? She's cute. Yeah, nice body. Dang. And you relate to these empty people, and you hang out with them, not knowing, because the thing about us humans, is we're not like this. We can't see what all God we have in us. You only find out who a person really are by spending time with them. And then sometimes you find out that a person is not who you thought they was and you depart from it, but sometimes it's like falling into a, a, a hole. It's like, I didn't know you was this person until I got with you. You know what I mean? Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you follow. When Pastor Jerry called me, he was walking towards the Lord. So as I was following him, he kept my eyes on the Lord because that's who he was following. We can make this same sense as in Instagram, TikTok, social media, basically, you know, anything in life. When you're on social media... It's called a news feed. You know why? Because it's feeding you. Beware of what you consume. The Bible says the eyes and the ears are the window to the soul. We will focus more on what we eat but not what we consume. And it gets to the point to where our peace is broken and we feel horrible because we've been watching empty people dwelling in empty places, and wonder why we have become an empty person. If you put hate in, you get hate out. If you put jealousy in, you get jealousy out. But if you put God in, you get God out. How come we protect our phones but not our peace? How come we protect our phones and not our peace. Most people in here, especially if you got sense, you got a case on your phone. It's because you know that things are going to happen. Drop, whatever. But yet, we don't protect our peace. We still follow the people that we shouldn't have been following. 
You should have blocked them a long time ago. This is another story out the Bible, and it's in Judges. Judges chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to give you a little time to get there because I hate when pastors give you the, the, the verse and then instantly start reading. I'm like, I need three to five minutes just to find the book, bro. Y'all laughing, I'm serious. Um, but no, 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 no. So in Judges, this is when God calls Gideon. And it's just the first piece of it. You know, it's a great read. The whole book of Judges is a great read. Um, the only two that I've actually studied in depth was Gideon and Samson. But I want y'all to see something real quick. I want y'all to see something. If you're there, say amen. All right, that's enough. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Were all the miracles of our ancestors told us, did they say, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But God, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. I've got two points. First one is, go back to verse 12 for me, Leah. I'm going to be doing that all day. Get used to it. But verse 12, verse 12. God called him mighty hero. Now, I don't know if y'all know who God is, but he's the creator of the world. And if God called me Mighty Hero, I'm getting some tattoos. My wife's going to be mad because I'm, I'm, I'm changing my name to Mighty Hero, and my son's going to be Mighty Hero Jr. <laughs> and his son's going to be Mighty Hero the third. And then, but how often do we do that? We get a compliment from somebody, and we accept it for the day. We smile. Oh, we look cute in this dress. But yet, if somebody insults you, you think about it and you dwell on it all the time. You know what I mean? It's so weird how we work. <laughs> but how do you go from someone calling you mighty hero in verse 12, drop down to verse 15 for me, Leah. And then he said, I got the weakest clan and I am the least in my family. So in other words, you calling me mighty hero, but I'm weak and irrelevant. You know what I mean? How many times have God called you to do something and you instantly went to your flaws and insecurities? You start dwelling in empty places. Could it be that God sees something in you that you don't see? The only way that I can figure it out or... or the only reason why we focus on this and ignore God is because we're dwelling in empty places. We're thinking about what we don't have to get the job done. But it said it twice, and Pastor Jared always says that when the Bible repeats itself, it means it's important. He said, I will be with you. Which I are you focused on? The fact that I am the weakest in my clan or the fact that he said, I will be with you. If he calls you to it, 
He'll lead you through it. That's not mine. I stole that from Stephen Furtick. I don't take credit of other people's stuff. But that's good, though. If he called you to it, he'll lead you through it. The second part. He said, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? Verse 13, Leah. Everybody on this boat have had some this happen to them. Well, if the Lord is with us, why did my wife get cancer? Why did my dad have a stroke? Why did my wife have a car wreck? If the Lord is with us, why is my marriage about to be over? And we all get to a point to where we wonder, why is this happening to us? But I can tell you, I don't know if y'all was here when Pastor Jerry talked about the other boats. There was another boat with the Pharisees and there was another boat with sons out, guns out. It doesn't matter what boat you own. The storm's going to come. You can be over there. You still can get in the car wreck. You still can get cancer. You can be right there and you still can have a stroke. It doesn't matter what boat you're on. The thing of why I love this boat is because my captain can walk on water. When the, wheat, when the waves get high and the boat start filling up with water and I get stressed out and I get worried and I'm like, God, are you going to help us or are we going to die? Let me tell you something. This is why we worship the captain and not the ship. Because when this breaks down, we can walk on water. But God doesn't do miracles in the same way. He also knows a guy. Noah. He know a guy. He didn't built the boat that lasts 40 days, 40 nights. God knows a guy. He's in cahoots with somebody. We can get another boat built. This is why you worship the source and not the resource. This is why we worship the person who answers the prayer, not the answer to the prayer. We all say amen, but I prayed and I prayed I needed a new car because this one that I got is messing up. And then, I bam, I got approved for a car when I know my credit score wasn't where it needs to be. And my payment on this car should have been way higher. But you know what? Instead of telling my friends about how good God was, I go, I, go, I go around town and I show them how cool my car is. The house that I prayed for and I got approved, I don't invite anybody over. I don't invite, I don't invite them. I don't want y'all at my house. We get to a point to where we worship the answer to the prayer instead of the person who gave us the answer. A lot of you are still asking why. Why do we got to suffer? Go to 2 Peter for me. Why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to go through all these things? Second Peter, verse 21. Actually, it's 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 21. I'm sorry, guys. For God called you to do good 
even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. So, God, you're telling me I got to suffer, too. It ain't enough that you already suffered. So, I got to suffer, too. People don't like this boat because they like discipline. I never listened to my father at home, so why should I have to listen to you? I don't like submitting to anybody. I like being in charge, so why should I submit to you? People don't like this boat because there's rules and regulations. The way I think about the Ten Commandments is a dog in a fence. You put a fence up, you put a dog in the yard, and you let him run around. He has freedom, but within parameters. The way the world wants to live is a dog off the leash to run into the streets. But our father is so good, he's like, no, there's dangers out here that you are unaware of. I seen it the other day played out in real life. This dude was hitting the freaking horn and the dog didn't get out the way. And my wife was like, look, that dog ain't moving. God says there are things in this world that I'm trying to protect you from. And so, therefore, I have built these Ten Commandments to give you freedom within these walls. James chapter 1, verse 17. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming from God. Our Father, who created all the lights in heaven, he never changed or cast us a shifting shadow. Everything that you got, it's a gift from God. Everything. And if we think otherwise, that's when we start dwelling in empty places. And only empty people will tell you otherwise. What's a husband without God? What's a stage without God's presence? What's a sermon without God in it? What's a car with no keys? It's useless. It's a waste of time. Now, I'm too young to be giving marriage advice, but the best advice I can give you on marriage is bring God into your arguments. Bring God into your argument. Because I've never seen a relationship where a couple was sitting down having a great time and it's just like, I am having too much fun with you. I think we need to split everything that we own. <laughs> and you know what? I like you so much, I'm going to give you the kids every weekend. But I want them through the weekday, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. Let me get them for Easter and you can have them for Christmas. You know. Worship team, y'all can come up. It gets to the point to where I've argued with my wife, walked away. I went and prayed in the shower. And look, we all been in this part where we was, this is self-righteousness up here. This is self-righteousness. For those of you that don't know what righteous means, because I had to look it up myself also. Righteousness just means being right in God's eyes. There's people in this world who are more focused on being right than righteous. Those are empty people. I pray to the Lord, and I'm like, 
<clears throat> said what I said. The Holy Spirit convinced. Uh, the Holy Spirit convicted me, and He was like, "You may have not been right, but you wasn't righteous. You was wrong with what you said, because I have this thing of where, and everybody does it. My wife hurt my feelings, so I'm coming back with something to hurt hers." We've all been empty people. It's in our nature. Every day you have a choice. Every moment you have a choice. Whether it's your attitude, how you view people, the things that you do. We all have a choice. Whether we're living here or we're living here. And the two don't mix. Air and water don't mix. Go underwater and try to breathe if you want to. <laughs> the two don't mix. Light and darkness don't, mi don't mix. The Bible says that the darkness cannot overturn the light. You know who the light is? Captain. I got this backpack on for a reason. I got it on for a reason. Everybody always asks me, am I a college kid? No, I'm not. I look that young, but I'm not. I got this backpack on to show you that there are no hurdles to get onto this ship. The only way to get on this ship is if you believe in the captain. Other people hear God knocking at the door and they try to pick up their room before they let him in. But God's like, no, 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 no. It don't work like that. Let me in and I'll help you pick up your room. So I brung all my sins and insecurities with me and I got on the ship. You mean I can go to that website and still be on the ship? Yep. Even though you're not supposed to. You mean I can be an alcoholic and still get on the ship? Yep. Even though you're not supposed to. But the thing is, just remember those Ten Commandments I was telling you about? The closer you get to the captain, the more you see that what you should not be doing. And so that website that once used to give me comfort, now I get that comfort for the Father. Overboard. I used to couldn't function without alcohol. I ain't touched alcohol in about six months, and I don't think I need it anymore. Overboard. When you get rid of empty spaces... You, you allow the Lord to put more living water in you. They don't coincide with each other. Don't let the Pharisees tell you that you have to get your crap together before you get onto the ship. These are the same people that's keeping these people away from the ship. Because they are so judgmental and not loving on people the way God is loving on people and it keeps them from getting to the ship. You are the only God that someone will ever see in your life. And I don't say that blasphemous as in your God, even though he made you in his image, but what I'm saying is if you're a Christian, that cross necklace ain't going to do it. You have to be the shining light. There are, I, man, I was listening to this song they were talking about seven billion people on earth 1% of that is like 7 million, and you probably won't even come in contact with that, with 1% of the world. 
So the people that you do come in contact with, it wasn't by coincidence. It was by design. We need to pray to see people the way God sees them, whether, whether they're rich or poor. They smell good or they stink. We need to love on them like Christ does. Philippians 4.8, and this is what I'm in with. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That sounds like dwelling in living water. Think about those things that are pure. It said nowhere in the Bible about dwelling on emptiness. God changed up my message. Well, he, he kept the he kept the, the, the focus of the message. But he changed up the story on me. And this last song is going to say, are you thirsty and do you want to drink from the well? My message was about the woman at the well and, you know, her focus and all that. And then God changed it all up. But I'm still glad I told Dusty to do the song. Uh, so now we get blessed with that song. It said, there's a verse in there. It says, bring all your sorrows and trade them for joy. Bring all of your sorrows and trade them for joy. The more water I put in here, the more that empty space is going to go away. You know what I mean? So next time you're in the store or anywhere in life, think about where you're dwelling at. Think about the situation that's at hand and think about where you're dwelling at. If it's not worthy of praise, don't dwell on it. Okay, I'm going to give y'all two more quick stories real quick, real quick. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. So, there was a story about a man, and you'll have to Google this. You're going to have to Google it, and then it'll show you where it's at in the Bible. We got that cool technology. There's a story about a a lame man who was laying by this pool who needed to be healed, and no one was there to put him in the water. Jesus said, I didn't ask you that. I said, do you want to be healed? Jesus touched the man, and he healed him. Do you know what happened? Everybody knew this man was a lame man. And when they say lame, they mean he, could, he was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. Do you know what happened once God healed him? The Pharisees got mad that he was carrying his mat on Sabbath. You missed it. This guy who was once broken is now found. And you worried about him carrying his mat? Come on, man. We got to change our focus. Last one. Everybody knows this story. A lot of people there, God was preaching. It was a revival. Man, it was bigger than LJT, I'm telling you. God had all these people in the field. I've never been to that, by the way. Don't judge me. It was all these people in the field. Um, and the disciples was like, we need to send these people away so they can get some food. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Why don't we feed them? The disciples was like, we don't have enough it, it would take like a year. I don't even think a year's wages would even feed all of these people. You know what I mean? It was about 5,000 people. Jesus said, let them sit down in some groups. I got this. 
God said, what do we have? The disciples said, we don't. God said, what do we have? Where in your life is God calling you to and pushing you to? And you're more focused on what we don't. And obviously, you know, they fed all the people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Because God was focused on what they did have. He says, I only need a little bit. I only need a little bit. So my, my, my goal for you today is to fix your focus. Bring your junk and get your butt on the ship. Don't worry about all the other stuff. We'll sort that out when we get there. But just know, the closer you get to the Father, the closer you get to know yourself, the more you dwell in the water. I'm going to close this out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Just, just thank you, you know, for everything, for what you did do and what you didn't do. We love you so, 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 so much. And we're sorry for all the times that we was dwelling in empty places and we didn't even show, and it didn't look like we love you. I just pray that you can be that person, that, that give us that light that we need to shine to other people so that when they see us and they be like, oh, that's what it's like to be a Christian. I want to go get on that boat instead of the other way around. Be that shining light for us, Lord. Because the burdens are on you, not us. But we take them as if we can save people, <laughs> if only. So thank you, Lord. Please forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all.